Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. Coming to you live from my bunker in Boise, Idaho. This is Horror Zone 607, and I am Mike C. And I am just having a blast traveling all over the world, tunneling from bunker to bunker, seeing the world from below, seeing the world from space, seeing it all. But it's time for business. It's time for another episode of Horror Zone 607. And, you know, holding down the fort once again at the 8122 Production Studio. He, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this one, I'm, I'm, I, this is the first time I'm going to be disappointed to call him a friend. I am. I, I, this makes me sick to say this, but he still believes The Last of Us Part Two will never come out. He's rich. Yeah, I do believe that was a conspiracy. I don't believe that it actually came out last Friday. Uh, I still, I, you know, I, I've seen videos, but I've also seen videos that the Earth is round as well. So true. I don't know. I don't we know. We know that's not true either. Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? You're telling me it. that the flat earthers are wrong? They're 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 right and wrong. How about hollow earth? Yeah, same thing. Oh, damn. Same thing. They're both right and who, wrong. Who would have known YouTube was lying to me all this time? I know. You got to believe everything you see on there. Well, you know, the, the Last of Us Part Two. I mean, I've been playing this all weekend, and it's not even real. It, it never. It's, it's not, not real. It's not happening. It's not real. It is never going to come out. It is never going to come out. Well, you know, I, I, to, to let's be serious for a minute. I'm actually. I, I did say that I wasn't going to believe it till I saw it, and now that it is out, I'm like, <laughs> okay. Well, now the only uh, the only dinosaur, if you will, that's left is uh, New Mutants, huh? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. A- it, August, it, it I hear. Out, so. I was going to say yeah, May, August I hear, possibly, but until it gets pushed back for the 25th time, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's it's one of those things. Expect it. Yeah. I, I won't believe it till it yeah. happens, and so Last of Us Part 2, uh, good on you guys for finally putting it out there. <laughs> it only took... Yeah, I got to say, um, you know, I, I had read right before I bought it on, um, on Friday, uh, I was kind of reading some reviews that people were kind of disappointed with it, saying that, it was completely different, and the story was garbage, and this and that, and it has no, it, it's nothing like the first one. Uh, it completely strays away from the story that's built in the first one. And I gotta say, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I read that it's twenty five to thirty hours, and I've got maybe like five six hours in on it. I've been playing it a little bit this weekend, but everything makes sense. It's tragic. It's sad. Uh, it takes place a couple of years later and there's, there's some events that happen. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but I think it fits perfectly. It's a beautiful game. And uh, the only problem that I initially had with it at first was every time I would try to walk someplace or ride, you, you ride around on a horse a lot more in this one. And every time you're, you're trying to do this stuff, the camera kept like, I try to like make it straight and it kept like shifting one way or the other. And I found out that there's a setting for that. Um, it was trying to like, the screen was trying to make me go its way and you could actually turn that off. As soon as I did that, I loved it. I I think the game is perfect. It's a wonderful game. So I've been having a good time playing it and I can't wait to see how it's going to play out. Uh, A little boring, a lot of, you know, a lot of fluff that they put in there just to kind of make it a longer game, but it's still 
still a really cool game. So well, I'm enjoying it. Well, you know what they say so about opinions. You know what they say about opinions, Mike? Opinions are like asses. Everyone has one. So, I, I don't know. I thought I've, maybe you were going to say they were just like Sean Cunningham. <laughs> oh, fuck Sean Cunningham. Anyways, uh, <laughs> no, uh, on, on a serious note, though, like I've, I've heard from all my gamer friends, I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, so, I, I can't say anything bad about it. I have seen some bad reviews, but you're going to get those anyways. But from the people that, uh, that I know personally, not reviewers or critics that have maybe some skin in the game, you know, because obviously writing reviews and stuff could pay you money. Uh, I, I've, I've heard nothing but good things, so I can't complain. Uh, uh, I guess I'll yeah, wait and yeah. find out for myself. But right now, I'm I'm I've been too busy. I'm working two jobs plus podcasting. So, a thirty to fifty hour video game is not in my near future. <laughs> well, prostitution is is not easy, and neither is pimping. No, and, no, pimping uh, ain't those easy. Those are your two jobs. No, pimping ain't those easy. Those are your two jobs. You're both the prostitute well, and the pimp. I mean, so those are your two jobs. Think about it. One at one job, I, I clean I, I clean cars. And at the other one, I slang pizza. It's kind of like hustling. Yeah. That's a hustle. <laughs> it's true. By the way, uh, speaking of which, our local our local uh, sponsor, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. If you're in the 607, take your car over there to get it nice and sparkly clean. Six four four three three eight nine is the number. <laughs> and you I never know, know. You, you might actually see this fat guy there because I'm doing some part time hours over there. So there you go. They not you only might. sponsor the and show, our, they give me uh, good yeah point. yeah good friends. Good so. So uh, they not only sponsor the show, but they also uh, provide me with a part-time job to make a little extra money. So thank you, guys. There you go. You cannot beat that with a stick, buddy. Exactly. So, Well, Mike, I know you're a little lonely in the studio again this week, but yes. I'm going to announce him anyway. He's the smartest man in all horror podcasting. He's the professor. Hey, by the but way. he's not there. Yeah, the best part about it is uh, he doesn't have to prove that he's not the smartest man because he can't open his mouth. Yeah, oh, he really can. That was Cars, a callback for, for, for all of our fans of the show. They'll remember a few months ago we made the joke <laughs> that he's the smartest man until he says something. So today he will continue yep. to be the smartest man. Uh, his, he's, uh, he's, but he's out in the field, literally, because he's, he's, a, he's a wanderer. Yeah. <laughs> he's the, he's the drifter yeah, he's so drifting. he's he's out drifting it's it's gotten nice it's gotten a little hot here in the state of new york so it's time for him to go and uh drift around and and get into all sorts of whatever drifters get into a lot of shenanigans a lot of shenanigans i, I would assume so i'm I, I heard that he's looking for darby o'gill and the little people <laughs> i can't uh, confirm or deny uh, that Although I feel uh, like he should be, I feel like he should be where you are in Boise because they have a ton of potatoes, and I hear the leprechauns. There's a lot of potatoes. I hear the leprechauns yeah. because they're they're from Ireland. I hear they love potatoes. So if he was in Ireland, he might be able to. There's a lot of leprechauns here. There is. Well, I mean, you would know you're yeah. underground. You've been digging underground, so you probably oh, bumped into a few. Just don't take the gold. They don't like that. They don't like it. Have you taken any of the gold? Uh, no, because I've seen the movie Leprechaun, and I know ah. better. So have you befriended the so, leprechaun? Not, are they are they your friends now? I did. They are my friends. Uh, we we like to eat potatoes together. Can we so, confirm or deny that um, you've also befriended the gopher from uh, Caddyshack? He's all right. Nobody swearing about him. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Good people. Good people all around here. That's good news. It speak, is good news. And speaking of news, I was gonna say we got yeah, a little news. bit of news this week. You know. Uh, not good news to start, though. Not good news to start. Again, last week, you know, we had some, some sad news to pass along. We've been trying not to do that while the pandemic is going on. But this one was too big not to mention. Uh, the great Ian Holm passed away at the age of 88 last week. Uh, he played, of course, Ash in the original Alien. 
and uh, was in a, a million movies, uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, all that. You know, he, he's, he's been in a lot of stuff. But uh, sad news. I, I didn't realize he was as old as he was. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I was surprised he was as old as he was as well. Of course, uh, famously also played Bilbo Baggins in the uh, wonderful Lord of the Rings movies. Unless you're Kevin yep. Smith. Kevin Smith didn't enjoy those movies too well. Well, you know what? Can't win just them like all. You, said. you can't win them all. Every, you know? Opinions are like asses. Everyone has one. That's what opinions we're here for. Just though. like Sean Cunningham. Uh, no, so. no. Sean Cunningham's a cunt. There's a difference. <laughs> that's that's a little rough. Hey, I, I you know what? Fuck him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you bring up his name. You are you're responsible for anything I say when you bring up Sean Cunningham. That's true. So fuck that's him. That's true. I did kind of I set that up. You know, Sean Cunningham, you're not a fan. You probably won't be having lunch with him anytime soon. You probably will not be sending him a Christmas card, but absolutely you never know. not. You know, maybe you will. And maybe, maybe one day I'll have a luck of interviewing Sean Cunningham so I can tell him fuck him to his face, because that would be wonderful. You know, we do go to a lot of cons, and it's possible that he may turn up at one. Well, with so his well, with his greedy well, as with as greedy as that fuck is, he isn't doing anything for free. So. And we've no. not, and, and we've been blessed to never have to pay for uh, interview time. So, I'd like to keep that's it that true. way. That's true. That's true. And we've had some great guests on the show. Absolutely, absolutely. We got some. We got some lined up if Corona ever ends. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I, I think it's. I don't know what's going to end first. I think that's going to end before the New Mutants comes out. To be honest. So, uh, New Mutants, I, I think it will be August of 2094. I stick by that date. There you go. There, so, you heard it here first on Horizon 607 yeah. exclusive. August of 2094, you will see New yep. Mutants. I'm going to go out and I'm going to say August 11th, 2094. I hope that falls on a Friday. I just can't wait till they just finally give up and just throw the fucking thing on Disney+. Plus. Let's be honest. That's what eventually is going to happen. Yeah. They're just going to give up eventually. But we'll see. I think yeah. it's going to take another couple failures before they do that, though. Right. Right. That's when I'll finally get Disney Plus, you know, just so I can watch it, and then I'll cancel it. Speaking yeah, of, I, I, there's only so much, only so much The Little Mermaid I could watch. But speaking of opening up with bad news, we also have the bad news about Joel Schumacher, age yeah. eighty, director of The Lost Boys. Yeah, Joel Schumacher, not good news. Been, no, that's why I said. Well, let's get all the bad, bad news. news. Let's get all the bad news out of there. That was breaking as we were recording, by the way. I just wanted yep. to get all the bad news and condolences to to both of their families, uh, friends and fans. Uh, you know, obviously, I was a big fan of the Lost Boys, uh, and I've been a, I, I, actually both of them. I'm a fan of the, both of their movies, whether it's Alien, whether it's you know, uh, the only ones I right. wasn't a fan of was the Schumacher's uh, Batman movies, Bat Nipples. They never did, yeah. a film, but but Off I can't judge movies. him. Hey, listen, he made a, he made some other amazing movies that you know uh, he made Falling Down, which is an amazing movie. I, I consider that. Yeah, a time I consider to kill, that a, which is one of my awesome favorites. Time to kill is amazing. Of course, you know that brought us. You know, uh, the, the, I think that was one of the first serious roles Matthew McConaughey was in. Like we didn't get him as the all right, yeah. all right, all right guy. We and you know the laid back dude. We got him in like a super serious role, and it was really good. Of course, him and Sandra Bullock, and of course Sam Jackson. Oh yeah, that that was it, that was a, yeah, great, a movie. great movie. Falling Down was also great. It had Kurt Russell in it. Played a real yeah. played a really weird character for him, but that was it was awesome. Um, or no, that Kurt Russell, Kurt Douglas. That's who it was. Sorry, Kirk Douglas. It was Kirk yeah. Douglas because once again, it, it still was a different look for Kirk Douglas. Even it was it was a weird. If you've never seen that movie, it's a great movie. Falling Down is, and that, that's kind yeah. of a, in, in my opinion, it's kind of a horror movie as well. 
I mean, it is about a guy yeah, who like snaps it. and walks around and murders people. <laughs> it's it, yeah. it's good, and of course, the Lost Boys. But what can you say about you know the Lost Boys? Is one of the greatest uh, vampire movies, in my opinion, of all time. Right, fun movie. Uh, Flatliners, he did. Yep, yeah. Um, the original, not the yeah, not the like not the, the really bad remake. Not the remake, yeah. But the original, of course, which was Batman really good. and Robin, is probably the the greatest horror movie of all time that he did. Aye, bat so. nipples. You can't unsee them. And what about yeah. the what about the Batman credit card? Oh yeah! Remember, don't leave home without. They were pulling the fucking American Express on it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that movie. And then yeah. you had Arnie. Arnie as Mister Freeze. Right. Yeah, frozen. Yeah, just chill. They made ba- chill they made out. they made Bane like a super stupid <laughs> character. Like seriously, he was like muscle bound oh, and Bane. dumb. And in the comic books, Bane is actually like a criminal mastermind. And you have Poison Ivy, right. played by Uma Thurman. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna shit on the actors. I thought they did a great job, but uh, the the content was not good. Uh, I don't know that I would say that Arnold did a great job as Mr. Freeze. I mean, you know, but think <laughs> yeah. about it. You you know what you get when you pay Arnie. <laughs> like, yeah, he was just Arnie. He was, the wrong person he was one. He job. was one. He was one. You know, basically, they should have put a chopper in there so he could get through the chopper. Yeah. Oh, you know what my favorite thing yeah. about Arnold Schwarzenegger was? I know this is off a sidetrack. One of my favorite things is he was the governor of California, if people don't remember. And while he was governor of California, one of the things that he was championing in California was uh, everybody speaking the English language. Let that sink in wow. for a minute. I'm being serious. Wow. It, that, it was during his administration where they kicked a bunch of uh, immigrants out of the country, whether they were legal or not. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was uh, he was he was not a very good governor. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> I know that but, he wasn't very well liked. No, no. But I mean, I, I always thought it was funny that one of his big stances were uh, speaking English, because I don't know what he's saying. Just saying. Well, all I know is. Uh... You know, he should probably have stick to uh, acting and doing great movies like like Terminator Three. Uh, no, so. G- but you got to be honest, T two was great. T two was amazing. Uh, the original lot, one's by the way, the original uh, one's a horror movie. Yeah, the original one is a, no, the original one is a horror movie. Uh, Last Action Hero was also really good. You know, I never always, saw that. Oh, you should. I never saw that one. If you never but have, you should, you should you should check out. Uh, True Lies was good, but you should definitely check True out Last Action Hero because Last Action Hero is actually super good. You'd be impressed. Of course, he was in the original Predator as well, and that was really good. Yeah, big gotcha. Predator fan. Yeah, yeah. I keep hoping they'll get him back. I think every one of the, the sequels that they've done, they like had plans for him to come back, and he just never came back to it. Yeah. And then I think he's lending his voice to the video game that just came out, if I'm not mistaken. Or uh, no, I don't know. No, no. He was the Terminator in the Mortal Kombat game. Never mind. But I also want to. I also want to point this out. Oh, he also did mocap for the WWE game. Remember when he was in that as a Terminator? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I would like to point out if you if you've never heard them, Austrian Death Machine, the heavy metal band that takes all their inspiration from Arnold in his movies. They have a song called "Get to the Chopper." That's actually pretty interesting. Have you have you never heard of you never heard of Austrian Death Machine, no. dude? Do yourself no, a favor, and all you no, listeners at home, if you've never heard them, actually, you can look up their videos. You can find them on YouTube because the videos are funny because they're all like it's a guy in an Arnold mask. I shit nice. you not. It's so good, but it's good. The songs, the songs are like uh, it's heavy metal, but the songs are like like all of them take. Uh, it's uh, one of the songs is it's not a tumor, it's not a tumor. Jeez. Get to the choppers one. Check them out. Yeah, I need your boots, your clothes, and your motorcycle is one. 
So, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm putting them over. Check out Austrian Death Machine. You can find them anywhere. They're actually a really fun band, and their videos on YouTube all have, like, somebody in an Arnie mask. It's great. Nice. But uh, well, let's move off of that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we can, we, we can make this whole episode about how bad Arnold Schwarzenegger is and good at the same time. He he, yeah. he, he sure knows how to pick the uh, the, uh, the maids, though, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to point out, one of these weeks we have to, we, we, we really, you know, we've been doing these reviews. We should review Maggie, which I think was extraordinary. I think that he should have been nominated for an Academy Award for his role in that movie, and I mean that with all seriousness. Yeah, we That was should, a great movie. I have not checked it out. Uh, I, I will be willing to check it out and review it. Why not? All right. Yeah, we'll have to do that at some point. I think you'll really enjoy it. It was a very different role for him. It was very serious, very somber. That is, uh, and his daughter becomes a zombie, correct? Uh, she gets bit by one, but it's not really a zombie movie. It's more, what would you do if you knew that your child was dying and you only had so much time oh, okay. to spend with them? Like, okay. What would you do? It, it, that's that's the moral of that movie. It, it is very much a, a, a drama. Oh, okay. Um, it is, it's, it's got that zombie backdrop to it, but it's, it's not a horror movie by any means. It's a very, very good movie. Okay. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend it. We'll have to review it at some point. Okay, no but, problem. Um, but yeah, getting back to the news here, and I've got some other things. Uh, so, you know, first, I just want to mention his name one more time, Sean Cunningham. Fuck Sean we Cunningham. Sean Cunningham here on the Fuck show. Fuck Sean you. Cunningham. Fuck him. Well, the great Larry Zerner, who, is, as everybody knows, was Shelly. And I do love Larry Zerner. I do love Larry yeah. Zerner. Well, he had some interesting news this week. Um, as of 2021... Clive Barker can regain the right to the Hellraiser series, and apparently he's already started the process for his lawsuit to get it back. And long story short, this can cause the series to end up in a similar situation as the Friday the 13th series. And uh, we've got a new film and a series on HBO that are both in the works, and pretty much this can cause both of those to be put on pause. Well, uh, from what I, other, uh, what I understand is if they can rush them out before he takes them back, there's little bit he can do. there's little he can do to stop it. Right. Uh, as far as like the initial coming out, and of course, if you can get them out and they're successful, who's going to really want to stop it? Does that make you know what I mean? That makes sense, right? Uh, I I don't I don't know how I feel about. Listen, I don't know how I feel about people stopping creative things. Uh, if you didn't have if it something meant a lot to you, you should have never sold the rights, or you should have never had that as part of your deal. Uh, you know what I mean? Because perfect example, of right. which is like John Carpenter. John Carpenter has really never had a problem because even after he sold, you know, the bulk of the rights to uh, Mustafa Akid, he still kept, you know, he was guaranteed his portion. You know what I mean? So like that, right. if you're going to sell, like, so you can sell them off, which John Carpenter did with Halloween. But well, the Akid Akid family got them. He also still always kept a portion. You know what I mean? That was part of the deal. And I think these guys right. should have done the same if they were concerned about it. But, you know, it's kind of like going into that whole, uh, like, what's going on in the UFC right now with fighters who have signed contracts that have agreed to pay, get paid X amount of dollars for a fight, now wanting more money after they've just signed fresh contracts. Like, it doesn't really, to me, that's a greedy thing that doesn't work out so well. Because if you weren't happy, then don't sign the contract. The same thing is if you own a property and, and, you, and you're worried about this happening, don't sell it. You know what I mean? Or retain right. or retain creative control or retain, you know, there's ways around doing things. And people would be like, well, you know, young director, young writer, whatever. But you always have to remember anything can become huge. Like, think about it. Most right, things, you know, most things that became huge franchises were throwaway in the beginning. Right. But here's the thing. 
you know, Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller, I get what they're doing with Friday the 13th. For the most part, that's been a very profitable series. And you just had a Halloween movie come out, you know, that is kind of, you know, revamping the slasher genre, the classics. You know, it's, it's kind of bringing them back to, to prominence and everything. And you had a very profitable series. Can we really say that about the Hellraiser series? I don't know what Clive no. Barker really wants, other than royalties for people, right, you know, right. for every time it's played on anything. Right. I can see I can see getting the rights for that, but to jam other things up that are going to make money, I don't think that that's a smart right. idea. Uh, the, the difference, though, with Friday the 13th also is it's a little bit of a different scenario. It's like going back to the Batman comic books, you know, when you always had the, you know, uh, when they were fighting over, you know, the, the, the families were fighting over the rights to the creatorship of that, that, that comic book. Right. Uh, and that's kind of where you are in Friday the 13th. Victor Miller just wanted his due because he created... The, the, you know, the Friday the 13th, the original, did he create everything that came after? No, but he just wanted the right. cut of the intellectual property that he was owed. And the, and the messed up part about it, and the reason why a judge sided with him is that Sean Cunningham, and this is why I say fuck Sean Cunningham, Sean Cunningham just wasn't paying him what he was due. Like Sean Cunningham right. just undercut this guy completely that, that eventually he had to take legal because finally he found out, oh, wait a minute, I'm owed way more money than I should have. I should have been paid this all along. And that's what a judge upheld was the fact that he was, a, since he was the creator, he should have been being paid uh, a certain portion of the royalties all along. And Sean Cunningham just decided to be a greedy fuck and not pay shit. That's the problem. Right. You know what I mean? So I, 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 I like, so with the Hellraiser thing is, I don't know the specifics. I just leaves a, especially after everything with Friday the 13th, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth when somebody's coming back in the fold. If he wants his royalty money, I have no problem with it. If he wants the rights for royalty money, but to jam up any potential uh, future of the franchise or things that are going on, that would just be stupid, in my opinion, because then what is it worth? You just have something that's worth nothing? You know, because as you just yeah. pointed out, you know, let's be honest, after Hellraiser 3, it got real bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that franchise has been... And worse and worse. That franchise has been DOA, man. And, 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 and this is coming from a fan of the first three movies. And a fan of uh, of, yeah. of Doug Bradley, who I got to meet, and, and he's a wonderful fucking human being. So, you know, and, and, and I'm not blaming him because it's not his problem that, that the movie sucked. But at the right. same point in juncture, if you want your royalties, I'm all for it. But if you're going to jam some stuff up, like that could actually potentially make you money, and at least it appears that people are on board and they're trying to make a, a, you know, a difference and possibly bring back the series to make it good. You know, until they, you know, until they fuck up, you know, whatever, you know, that's all we can hope for, right? Right. Just my opinion. Well, that's know, the opinion of one man. Time will tell. Time will tell, like we always say on the show, you know, it's, we'll see where it goes. But, you know, I, to me, I wouldn't be as brokenhearted about that other than, you know, other than the fact that I was a little excited to see where they were going to go with the series and the new movie, which is why I'm sure that he's all of a sudden, you know, sticking his... his knows in there probably just wants to get his money. cut of it yeah whatever if he right. wants his cut of it take his cut so. take your cut and go don't jam shit up don't don't be like sean right Cunningham. well speaking of friday the 13th the great stephen king shared an idea that he has for a new friday the 13th story that would take place from jason's perspective and it's going to be called i jason now this is this is not something that's like really happening at this point per se but he just kind of shared an idea and i know you read this article and uh, you know, kind of, kind of want to get your take on it. Well, he has said that he has had an idea for a while to write a novel from the perspective of Jason, and he just recently came out with it, which is kind of interesting. But he, he said since the 1980s he's had this idea, and to do a perspective on Jason from the view of Jason, like you said, I Jason would be what he titled it. Uh, unfortunately, 
you know, with the limbo of it now where he's like, um, he's actually at the point where he's like, wow, man, I could probably write this. And I think that's why he's putting it out there. Um, mm-hmm. He's 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 hitting, of course, the same speed bump everybody else is hitting with the Friday the 13th franchise, which there's an even bigger right. reason. When Stephen King says he wants to write a novel based on your character that you're going to make a killing off of, let's be honest, you're not just going to make a killing because Friday the 13th fans are going to buy it, which is the case because you have all them. But then you have Stephen King fans, and some Stephen King fans aren't necessarily Friday the 13th fans. This is going to cross over. This would be a huge novel. It'd be also something oh, you yeah. could probably easily adapt into a screenplay as well, because we're talking about Stephen King, who's one of the masters of horror. I mean, at this point in Juncture, this is what pisses me off about this level of greed that's going on with Fr- the Friday the Thirteenth, which I, I hate to harp on two seg- you know two new segments in a row, but here we are again with another man who has a great idea. Where you know we heard you know not that long ago you have you know Jason Blum with with ideas for Friday the Thirteenth. You have LeBron James wanting to produce a Friday the Thirteenth movie. You have you know like. So you have all these people involved in the movie side, and now we're getting the the man. And I mean, obviously, everybody has their favorite horror authors or whatever. But let's be honest: when it comes to horror writing, who is really above Stephen King? And he says right. he wants to tell a story from his perspective on one of the most uh, one of the biggest icons in horror as a as as a character. And and we're gonna have to sit around and twiddle our thumbs. Because of a fucking lawsuit, right. like man, this is this is where you settle a lawsuit and go, Stephen King, write whatever you want, and 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 as a fan, I'm gonna read that, you know, <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. and you know, and, and I I just think that that's where we're all losing in this case, and that's right. where, why I think I'm so upset, and I'm always like, fuck Sean Cunningham. I mean, I know it's a very, uh, bra- you know, brash thing to say and harsh and and whatever, but. You know, we're looking in a world where we could have a movie, we could have had a series, the video game could have been better than what it was because they had all a bunch of stuff to add into it. And, you know, the action figures and you know collectibles, I should say, those were, were put on hold. And now we have a book that Stephen King wants to write. Like, come on, man. How much more do we need well, in this universe to, to go, hey, let's put the greed aside? Because guess what? If you guys would just split it, like is what Victor Miller's perfectly happy doing. Guess what? You guys could be making money because all this stuff could be happening. You guys didn't even have to put your money in. You would just get paid royalties. It would be amazing. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what would do it. I've got the, the answer to that. I know exactly what would do it, and it's not Stephen King writing the novel. Nope. Nope. It's the legend himself, Nicholas Sparks. That would get it done. Nicholas Sparks would get it done. You know why? The notebook. Oh. That's all i got to say to that. No, I, I actually, I, I after reading that article, Dad, I would. I mean, he was very brief. I mean, you nailed pretty much the notes in the beginning because he basically he just said he wanted to do an introspective one. After reading that article, I'm like, I really want to read this book. <laughs> I need Stephen King right. to write this book. Like, like this is amazing. And the fact that he's had this idea for a long time, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You never know. I, I guess we should. I, I, I guess we should wish that he would have had this inspiration for Nightmare on Elm Street because at least that book would have gotten written. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like at this point, it seems in like it would be more up his alley too. Oh, I definitely, you know, I, I, I would have loved to see. Like honestly, I would have loved to see an origin story for Freddy written by Stephen King. Yeah, I mean, we've had we I'm had a little surprise. We had the great Toby Hooper take a shot at it, and it was really good for uh, Freddy's Nightmares, if you remember. We had talked about it on the show before, but uh, I would love to see like a full. You know, three to five to six, five six hundred page book by Stephen King because you know he's pretty lengthy. Just just the just the origin story that would be amazing, in my opinion. Right. I agree. I agree. I'd like to see it, or you know, if nothing else, um, you know, to take a page out of your book here. Um, you know, if he would just write a treatment for a remake of 
uh, Freddie Stad. You just wanted to beat me to the punch. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> Not okay. often I get a chance. So. That's okay. You so can take you it. We got it into the show. That's Stephen all that matters. Freddie's dead. Uh, but here's the problem with that. That means that uh, he'd be, uh, I would assume, the only way I'm accepting that is if he directs. So there'd be the second movie Stephen King ever directed. And uh, I think he could pull off Freddy's Dead just like he pulled off Maximum Overdrive. Right. <laughs> just want a cocaine binge and, and yeah, do it. Just, you know, just, you'll get uh, it done. Get in there, man. Go back to the 1980s, Absolutely. make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, right here, you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, folks. You know, this, we're full of ideas. This, this stuff's going to happen. This stuff is going to happen. Nicholas Sparks is Friday the 13th. Stephen King's Freddy's dead. You know, these things are going to happen. You wait. You wait. I'm calling it right now. Uh, Shudder, already working on season three of Creep Show. Season two hasn't even come out yet, but season three already in the works. Why wouldn't it be? It was a big hit for him. Absolutely. So, I mean, keep Absolutely. going. Keep going. Keep churning it out. I mean, I assume season two will be a big hit. Season two is going to be dropping right around the same time that AMC starts to play season one for free. So, I'm assuming you'll see an uptick in Shudder uh, subscriptions. So, I mean, shortly after, Absolutely. sorry, it's, it's going to be right. It, it hits shutter right after they stop airing season one on AMC. That's right. what I meant to say. So, I mean, you'll see, I think you'll see an uptick in uh, shutter uh, subscriptions because people are going to want to see season two, season one. I mean, there was a couple that I wasn't a fan of, but like on an, as an overall piece of work out of the 12 stories, six episodes, 12 stories they told uh, overall, it was worth it. It was way, it was really good. It was done very well. There, like I said, there was I still only need a couple. Oh uh, yeah, there, there, you should. There was only a couple that I wasn't a huge fan of. Uh, and I'm not saying some other people might have been, and they just weren't up my alley. But there was a lot that was really good. I mean, I really enjoyed yeah. the one with the dollhouse. Yeah, that was really cool. I don't want to. I don't want to give too really much cool. away, but that was super cool. It was a really neat and, and and for the most part, an original story. It was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed the heck out of that one. So, yeah. You know, I'm I'm very interested to see what they're gonna do for the second season and the third one. You know, the, you know, I, I'm a little disappointed just in the fact that it was only six episodes in the second season. You know, we're looking at about the same. The third, I'm sure, it'll be about the same. But at the same time, you look at it, you know, it's it's like another creep show movie that came mm-hmm. out. You know, if so it ain't broke, don't year, fix once it. Once every other year, you're gonna get another creep show movie. But just you know, it's it's gonna be done in series. I look format. at it like this: if it, ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix so. it. Exactly. Honestly, exactly. it seems to work. I think too much could be a bad thing. Sometimes I think that we overdo things. And I think in this right. case, you know, you have 12 stories, and this way you're not overshadowing those stories. You know what I mean? The only other way you could do it if you wanted to make the, the season longer is to do one story per episode, but then you would have to make the stories longer. And I like them being a little shorter. Like, there's something to that short story format on screen, and especially when you're putting mm-hmm. together some of the best horror writers and directors to do those. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, Joe Absolutely. Hill, Stephen King, you know, Greg Nicotero, uh, <laughs> you name it, it. They all directed and wrote for that show. Right. Tom Savini as well. And Tom Savini did all uh, his, yeah. his, his, uh, agency did all of the, the, the practical effects. I mean, so, I mean, right. you know, he there's some, in one. Yeah. He was in one. Yeah. You, you, you look at it like this, like that, that is one of the, 
it, it, they put together a great alignment and they've done it again. Like season two has got back just as many great directors and writers and, you know, everybody's chopping at the bit, but that was what creep show was built on. I mean, the movies were built right. on the fact that Stephen King wrote and directed a story. Uh, George Romero wrote and directed a story. And, you know, it, it, and, uh, I do believe, uh, who else was on uh, board there? Uh, Joe Dante was on board. I mean, you have, you, the, the, they were amazing. You know, you got the masters of horror together to do them and they came out really well. You're doing that with the show. So they're staying true to the form. And I think that, uh, the more people see it, I would already green light it. Cause you know, like I said, there's going to be an uptick on shutter cause people are going to want to see it as it happens and not wait. And then, you know, fast forward and they're going to be ready for season three as well. Not to mention Absolutely. we, we both enjoy shutter. Shutter has a lot of great content on it. So it's worth it for other content as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's got a little bit of everything for the horror fans. So, so yeah, get out there and get it if you haven't done so already. I mean, it is worth every penny. Oh, yeah. Um, got some breaking news uh, on another series that we've talked about a couple of times here. Now, this was not in our production notes, so, so Rich doesn't even know I'm going to say this, but uh, per bloodydisgusting.com, uh, we've been talking about how uh, uh, American Horror Story uh, will be back in 2021. You know, the pandemic kind of canceled it for this year, but uh, we, we learned that um, there was going to be a spinoff called American Horror Stories that was coming there were going to be our contained episodes well it's been announced that this is not going to be on fx what? it is going to be on the fx portal that you find on hulu so it is going to be exclusive to hulu oh okay so it's going to be exclusive to hulu yeah so, so disney wins you have again. to go through the fx portal <laughs> on hulu to get it disney disney so, disney wins again because hulu yeah. is owned by disney huh yeah. that's intriguing I, good, good. Yep. That's we were talking about it off the air because uh, we were talking about other things happening around the world of things uh, with with streaming and stuff. You, you got to amp up, you know, with HBO Max trying to be the heavy hitter and Disney Plus trying to be the heavy hitter. Of course, Netflix is the godfather. You know what I mean? You're going to the, the there's going to be battles for everything to get original content out there. And, uh, you know, who wins is us as the cont- content uh, is people who are pre- eating the content. We're going to get fed right. like a buffet of amazing content. And uh, this is great news. Uh, I think you can do a lot more on a format like that as well. I feel like if you're putting Agreed. that on there, you don't have you're not going to be restricted by TV rules, if that makes sense. Right. So this could be a hard R rated show if they want. Oh, absolutely. Good. That was so a, that's a, that's out, awesome. That's awesome news. I, I think that's great news. Right. And uh, I always like to finish the news, or most of the time I like to finish the news with some kind of like a, like a fun little thing that, that, uh, that's going to be coming. So I uh, kind of saved this for last year this week. Uh, you know, growing up, uh, I think that all boys and, and a lot of girls probably remember the Little Green Army Men, uh, which were very popular back in the day. I know my, my dad had them when he was a little kid. He still has them. Um, when my grandmother died, he, he took the huge box of them that he had. Uh, well... If you're a fan of the Little Army Men and you're a fan of horror movies, specifically the Halloween series, boy, do we have something fun for you. Fright Rags is making Halloween action figures inspired by the Little Green Army Men. So this, this is happening. So between June 25th and September 17th, Fright Rags will be unveil- unveiling one figure each Thursday. Uh, once all the figures have been unveiled, they'll be available. The entire set is going to cost just $22. That's not bad. And the deluxe, yeah, not at all. The deluxe box set will include 12 two-inch figures plus one bonus four-inch glow-in-the-dark figure. All of them are going to be painted either black or orange, but they're going to be unpainted otherwise. They're just going to be just either uh, black or orange. 
and um, there's only going to be 2,500 units to be sold. So it's going to be limited edition and uh, pretty cool little set that they're coming up with. So for, for those of you that are interested in, you know, different, uh, you know, toys and, and things like that, action figures and whatnot, you know, this this is uh, going to be a, a limited edition set you might be interested in. Yeah, I'm going to have to keep my eye on it. I would, I'd be definitely interested in buying one of those sets. So uh, I'll have to keep Absolutely. my eye on it as, a, as they unveil it and also uh, when they put them up for sale as well. Right, right. It would fit yeah, nicely in the studio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see you having them up in the studio. So, um, so yeah, you know, be on the lookout for it this September. Awesome. Right on. Well, uh, before we switch gears up, uh, let me take a minute to remind you that uh, you, you can contact us to talk about anything we just talked about in the news segment or anything we talk about at all. Or if you want us to talk about a movie, review a movie or anything like that, we always want to hear from you guys. So please hit us up on the social medias. Uh, we're on Facebook, HorrorZone607. Like and share that page. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HorrorZone607. Use the hashtag HZ607 whenever talking about the show to join the conversation. Also, uh, you can find uh, what you need to know in all of our archives at 8122productions.com. Check out the website. Uh, I'll be adding more to it uh, as we go along. And, and, you know, there's some but there's some re- great reviews up on there. There's all of our archives. So you can hear all those interviews. We talked about doing a bunch of interviews with uh, different celebrities and also uh, uh, different people that are locally. Uh, hopefully, we'll get Jimmy Gazdick back on. I, I just had him on for a live stream of uh, WWE Backlash. Horrible pay-per-view, but great time to have him uh, uh, doing something with us. So hopefully, I can get him back on this show because uh, he's a lot of fun has an amazing amount of horror knowledge so check all that stuff out at 8122productions.com also if you would like to support the podcast monetarily and get a ton of great bonus content for as little as one dollar a month you can do that at patreon patreon.com slash 8122productions trust me you uh, will not want to miss that especially because there is not only do you get all of uh, the podcasts early not only do you get bonus content for the three fat nerds podcast and also for the wrestling show also, uh, whenever this ends and uh, we can get back to it, we're probably going to add some bonus content here. We've been toying around with uh, calling it uh, Horror Zone After Dark or some something like that. Uh, give you some bonus content pre or post show, uh, you know, because we like to talk anyways pre show and we always talk about interesting things that usually don't have to do with horror, but it's still a lot of fun. So we'll probably be doing that sooner than later. And last but certainly not least, you get the two exclusive Patreon shows. I love movies with Ron and uh, trust me, there's some great stuff there i agreed to do it because eventually we speaking of horror we will be doing maximum overdrive because that's the only way i would agree to do the show with him <laughs> and last but certainly not least the hottest show behind a paywall and it has to be there because we get booted off of every platform known to man that's right love is scary with dr Derek. uh spooky mike is of course uh, is on uh, hiding in bunkers so eventually when he comes back he can be back around diesel but you know he he has taught people about bug catching so you know, we can't have, you know, spooky Mike around. So right now it's only with Dr. Derek. Trust me, it's a gold mine, but it cannot come out anywhere but Patreon because we would get canceled. And like I said, we give you all that content for as little as $1 a month. So you get all of that. So check it out. Patreon.com slash 8122 productions. Uh, with that though, Mike, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to go into the Horror Zone 607 review segment. And I do believe we are doing session nine this week for our Horror Zone oh, 607 yeah, review. So we'll be right back. Hey, this is Kenna. Padawan J. Coach Tuffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, and you're listening to Rich and Mike on the Horror Zone 607 Podcast. Wait from everyone to shadows playing in the sun. 
Welcome back to The Zone, and now it is time for the Horror Zone 607 Review segment. Of course, we told you before the break, that's going to be Session 9. Of course, Session 9 was released on August 10th, 2001 by Universal Pictures. Uh, the production companies were USA Films, Scout Productions, and October Films. So it's one of those big conglomerate horror movies. It had a 100-minute runtime. Uh, I do not have a budget for this movie, uh, but the box office was $1.6 million. Uh, the movie was written by Brad Anderson and Stephen Gavidin, and it was directed by Brad Anderson, and it starred David Caruso, Peter Mullen, Stephen Gavidin, Paul Gullif- Guffel, Josh Lucas, Brandon Sexton the third. I love how it's the third, and uh, yeah, and uh, music was by Climax Golden Twins, edited by Brad Anderson. So they had the same uh, editor as director. Sometimes you know, there's a different editor. So. Uh, let me just jump right into the synopsis, if you will, uh, of session nine. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty long movie. So, you know, let me, uh, well, not long movie, hundred minutes. That's a normal horror movie, but there's a, there's a lot going on. Uh, so, uh, Gordon Fleming is the owner of an asbestos abatement company in Massachusetts, makes a bid to remove asbestos from an abandoned psychiatric hospital. Desperate for money, he promises to complete the job in one week. His crew includes Mike, a law school dropout who is knowledgeable about the asylum's history, Phil, who is dealing with his grief over a recent breakup, Hank, a gambling addict, and Jeff, Gordon's nephew, with a pathological fear of the dark. Uh, By the way, I love how everybody who is on his crew has a different uh, character flaw that plays into the story. And of course the one has right. to, the one has to be the, the guy who knows about the site, the asylum, you know, like, <laughs> like it, right. it, it, the trope is there. Uh, while surveying the job site, Gordon hears a disembodied vo- a voice that greets him by name, but ignores it. As the men begin their job, Mike discovers a box containing a nine audio tape sessions with Mary Hobbs, a patient who suffered from dissociative identity disorder. Mike begins listening to the tapes in the ensuing days, which contain sessions in which Mary's psychologist attempts to unveil uh, details surrounding a crime she committed at her home two decades two decades prior. In the sessions, Mary exhibits numerous personalities who have unique voices and demeanors. Meanwhile, while removing asbestos from tunnels running beneath the hospital, Hank discovers a cache of antique silver dollar coins and other valuables scattered from this crematoria crematory sorry late that night hank uh, covertly returns to the hospital to retrieve the items and discovers a lobotomy pick among them hank becomes frightened by a series of noises and witnesses a shadowy figure in the tunnel as he flees he is confronted by an unknown assailant when hank fails to show up to work the next day the others learn he broke up with his girlfriend and speculate he may have won money gambling and left town an additional worker craig mcmanus is hired to take hank's place during working hours gordon repeatedly attempts to contact his wife uh, Wendy, but she screens his calls. He confides in Phil that he slapped her after she had inadvertently splashed him with a pot of boiling water and that she refuses to answer his calls or let him see their infant daughter. In a stairwell in the hospital, Jeff witnesses Hank staring out a window wearing sunglasses talking to himself. When Jeff retrieves the others, Hank has vanished. The men split up to search for Hank while Mike instead of, is compelled to continue listening to the tapes. Jeff and Phil separately descend into the tunnels to search for Hank. Phil finds him half nude, still wearing sunglasses and muttering to himself. Shortly after the generator runs out of fuel, leaving Jeff trapped in absolute darkness. Mike restores the electricity and continues listening to the ninth session tape, which reveals that one of Mary's malignant personalities, Simon, was responsible for her stabbing her little brother and parents to death. Meanwhile, Phil finds Gordon in Mary's former hospital room staring at photos from his daughter's baptism, which he has pasted on the wall. 
just subsequently emerges from the tunnels, resurfacing in an outbuilding, and is attacked by an unseen assailant at the company van. Uh, I'm going to skip over a bunch of the other parts of it because let's just get to the meat and potatoes of it. Uh, basically, uh, now everybody is filling, you know, realizing that crazy shit is popping off, and uh, and and the uh, s- spirit, if you will, is you know going one after another. Uh, distraught Gordon, uh, then finally we had the distraught Gordon uh, confusedly attempts to call his home to apologize to Wendy as he stares at the bloody scene and a script from the ninth session tape plays. During it, Mary's doctor asks her, and where do you live, Simon? To which Simon responds, I live in the weak and the wounded, Doc. Mm. That was the twist of the, the movie. It really was. So, uh, I, 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 well, I'll let you start. Because this was a movie you definitely brought up. What did you? Uh, what What is your take on this movie? Your review, the overall uh, about Session Nine. So several years back, uh, right here in Binghamton, there's a uh, museum in an old. Uh, I don't know if you'd really call it a mansion, but uh, a place that's now called the Bundy Museum. It has an annex building out back, and they used to show what they used to do on Thursday nights. What they called cult horror movie night. And they would show a lot of, like, sci-fi movies and horror movies from yesteryear. And it got to the point where uh, they were serving beer. They, they had uh, one of the local breweries there giving away free beer. And a lot of kids started showing up getting free beer and stuff when they shouldn't have been. They kind of ruined it. So uh, the professor, uh, also our good friend Luke and Luke's ex-wife, uh, decided to ask me, you know, hey, you know, on Thursday nights, why don't we do our own? Why don't we have our own uh, cult movie nights? And uh, one week they chose this, and I had never heard of this movie. And I just think that it was, I I was kind of hoping that night to watch like a slasher movie or something like that. And uh, one of them picked this, and I really didn't like it at all. I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. I I didn't under, you know, I just, I didn't know why everybody else liked it. And uh, the professor was actually going to write something for this, and he just got busy this week and never got it to us. But, um, this is one of his favorite movies. And, um, you know, the, I, I ended up watching it again a couple of years later and I was like, wow, I can't believe I didn't like this movie. It must've been the mood I was in. Um, and I've seen it maybe two or three times since then. And I love this movie more and more every time I watch it. Um, you know, we, we've kind of talked about haunted house movies and, and ghost movies and things like that in the past. And I don't know if you really classify, I, I guess you would classify this as a haunted, uh, like a haunted, uh, asylum movie haunted house movie type thing maybe a little bit of possession um it it takes place in what was a real uh former um uh mental mental hospital Uh, you know it was called danvers state mental hospital in danvers massachusetts and it was really filmed there uh a few years later they actually did tear down most of it there was one section of the building which happens to be the main door that you see the characters kind of walking through they kept the shell of it but tore out everything on the inside but they actually filmed this movie in the place there was no set there was no sound stage they didn't even have to dress any of the sets everything that was there that you see in the movie was really there. This was stuff that they just ended up writing into the movie because it was left behind. Um, the, uh, the director of the movie, Brad Anderson talks about how creepy it was. Uh, you know, everybody was creeped out when they were filming it. Uh, and for good reason. I mean, it was, it was really a mental hospital that was abandoned and there was a lot of death in there. Uh, a lot of violent people, a lot of sick people that had been in there, uh, for many, many years, many decades. And, uh, this movie, you talk about an atmosphere in this movie, I, I don't know that there's too many movies that have a, that have a more creepy atmosphere than this does. Um, you know, just it's uh, 
it, it's if you haven't seen it, you know, maybe you're like me and it was something you had never heard of at one, you know, uh, up until now. And I definitely recommend seeing it. It's a really, really good movie. It's creepy. Uh, there's there's a couple of things. When I watched it back most recently, it was about a week ago, and I, I suggested to the guys that we actually do this review. We were going to do a different movie this week, uh, and I, and I kind of suggested this, and they were on board with it. Uh, so I did watch it about a week ago, and I feel like there was – it's on Netflix currently, and uh, I feel like there was more scenes in it the first time I saw it or on the DVD. I, I could be wrong, but it seemed like there was some stuff missing from it that I feel like I had seen before. So it seemed a little – like like there were some plot holes in it, but I, I could be imagining things. Uh, but that's maybe like the only negative critique I have for it is it just kind of it, it kind of does it like slow burn for a buildup and just kind of ends very abruptly. So, um, you know, if there's anything that I have like a somewhat negative take on it, but it's, it's done very well as a very creepy movie. And it does have a good little twist on the end of it when you finally find out what's going on. So uh, so I dig this movie and I highly recommend this to anybody out there. Yeah, I, uh, I will say I agree with you wholeheartedly that it's uh, got a great atmosphere to it. Uh, the story is good. I dig it. I, I definitely like the, uh, the twist at the end. Uh, those are all things that I like. But at the end of the day, I mean, as you know, I'm not a huge, huge fan of haunted house slash possession movies. I kind of consider them the same. Um, mm-hmm. This is one of the better ones that I've ever had to watch, <laughs> but uh, I, I still, you know, it, it just, I don't know. It didn't do it. I will give them credit that they didn't have a lot of the silly uh, tropes in it. There wasn't a lot of the, the stupid right. jump scares that, that really actually bother me. So I think I, I like, I think that's why I like this a lot more than I like a lot of other uh, possession and horror movie or haunted house movies, because those movies usually rely too much on the silly jump scares and, and the nonsense. And like I said, the story was good. So I, I did enjoy the story. I didn't enjoy the atmosphere. So I will say that it's a, it's a, it's a lot better of a uh, movie than I, you know, I, I usually would give, uh, and would I give my grade, it's going to be higher than I would normally give a haunted house slash uh, possession movie. That's not, you know, great. Um, usually I don't go that high as you know. Uh, unless unless right. it's a legendary movie like The Exorcist, obviously gets a really high grade. The original Poltergeist gets a really high grade. Uh, those are amazing movies. They're classics. They're 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 amazing. And and uh, but most of them don't. So I, I will say that. But I, I I couldn't agree more on the uh, the the overtone of the the atmosphere. I did think it was really creepy, and I did like, of course, the twist ending. I'm a big fan of twist endings if they're done well and if they're good. And this one does have a good twist ending. I did like it. Uh, so with that, right. before we give our grades for the movie. Let me tell you what other people around the internet think. So uh, we'll start with Google because it was the highest. Google users gave it an 81% like the movie. Mm. Uh, On Metacritic, it got 58%. On Rotten Tomatoes, it got 64%. And on IMDb, it got a 6.4 out of 10. Uh, My Mm. score actually aligns with all that because my my score for this is 6.5. I give it a 6.5, which for me, on a haunted house slash possession movie, is actually a phenomenal score. Because it's usually not my cup of tea. Uh, but uh, I did enjoy it. I did like the atmosphere. I thought it was a good movie. I thought the story was good in it. Uh, I, I I really did, I liked it and enjoyed the movie. So overall, I would watch it again. Uh, it was definitely a great pace to watch this movie. I had seen it once before in the past. And I don't think I thought highly of it then. I definitely I think I thought a lot higher of it now. And uh, I was definitely happy to get out of the crappy psycho movies that I had recently had to watch for the show. So that this made all the difference in the world. It might have even picked up like a full point because of that. But, you know, whatever. Uh, so I, I gave it a six and a half out of ten and I, I enjoyed the movie and I would suggest people go see it. 
or watch it. Sorry, right? not go see it. There's no. It's not in the theaters. You know, watch it at home. Professor, what do you grade this as? Oh wait. Oh, never mind. Uh, he's not here. <laughs> yeah. He's not here. Sorry, sorry. So something uh, tells me he'd give it about a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten. I would he, say he I'm really just going to give the grading for it. I would guarantee that he would give this an A because he likes this movie. So we'll say that he gives oh, yeah. it an A. He didn't send anything no in, but I would, I would, I would, I would dare say he could give this movie an A. I won't give it a grading point, but I will give it an A for the professor. So the professor gives it an A. Mike, what do you give the movie? Well, uh, thanks, professor. We appreciate your uh, <laughs> your uh, input this week. So, uh, so thanks for being part of that. Um, so, for me, you know, again, like you had said, it doesn't have a lot of those tropes and jump scares. You know, we were talking about this, the three of us, uh, some point over the last month or so, maybe maybe the last two months. Uh, it's, it's while I've been doing the, the show on the road um, where, you know, with haunted house movies, there's just, they, they go over the top. Hollywood really goes over the top for all of them. They just, they don't leave a lot to suspense and to the mind. And this movie does that. It's one of the very few that does. And so I really dig that about it. I love the atmosphere. I love the shooting location. I'm, I'm very disappointed that they did tear down the building. Cause that's something I would have liked to have gone there to do like a ghost hunt and just kind of walk around the building. Um, but you know, we're talking about something that wasn't a set, you know, it was a real place, a real historic place. And, uh, you know, that really, really meant a lot to me to, to watch this movie. So creepy story, very suspenseful, uh, but very subtle at the same time. Uh, for me, um, for somebody that really did not like this movie, the first time he saw it, I, I gotta say, uh, I, I like this movie so much at this point that I'm going to give this movie an eight out of 10. Wow. Really good grade. I, I, I unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, I do have to punish. I, I like I said, I, I unfortunately have to punish it because it's not the genre I like. But I, I still like I said, like for me, a six and a half in this genre is actually really good. So I mean, it was yeah. enjoyable. I did like the story. So I, I don't have no right. problem with to you me, giving it, was, it an A out of ten. I have no problem with the professor giving it an A as well. Yeah, atmospherically too. I, you know, one other thing I just want to kind of point out now that I'm thinking about it is it kind of reminds me a bit of The Shining, like the the um the location like in a very different way it's a beat up old you know asylum but there was something about it just atmosphere wise that kind of reminded me of the overlook hotel so you know i I don't know maybe to me that's that's you know why i liked it so much and why i enjoyed it so much but it just kind of had that vibe to it it's nothing like the shining it's very different than the shining the story is not as as well written as is what kubrick gave us in the shining but it's something about it. it was very shining like Mm, I can see that. Well, you know what, guys? Uh, at home, check. You know what? Watch it. Give it a watch. If you haven't seen this movie, please give it a watch. Uh, trust trust me, you will not be disappointed. It will not be a waste of your time, if you will. Uh, but uh, if you have already seen this movie, hey, we want to hear from you. Let us know. Do you think that, uh, you know, for for all of us, we gave it a good grade. It's a, you know, above average movie. I mean, I did give it the lowest out of everybody, but, you know, it's still above average movie. Uh, did, you, did you think it was above average? Did you think it was worse? Did you think it was worse than that? Did you think it was better? than that is this the greatest movie you've ever seen you know we always want to hear from you as a reminder you can do that on social media horrorzone 607 on facebook like and share the page at horrorzone 607 on twitter and instagram hashtag hz607 when talking about the show also uh remember to check us out at 812productions.com and also if you would like to monetarily support the show and get a ton of extra bonus content for as little as one dollar a month you can do that at patreon.com slash 8122productions uh mike that is all that i have Uh, Take us home. All right. Well, that's it for this week's show. Join us again next week when we bring you all of the week's biggest horror movie news. And uh, I don't know if we're going to be doing a review next week or if the professor is going to be back. Uh, He, he, again, had some 
stuff going on the last couple of weeks. We're hoping he's going to be back next week. Uh, if he is, I got a great trivia game uh, for the guys in the studio, and we're going to have some fun with that. Uh, so we'll either be doing that, or uh, if he's not here, I'm sure we'll find another movie to review. Uh, so you know, tune in to see what we happen to do next week because we don't even know at this point. But it's going to be fun no matter what, and you know, we we can't wait to do whatever it is because we love doing this show. So uh, until then, Rich, I want to thank you so much for being in the studio and, and you know producing another great show for us here this week, Professor. What can I say, buddy? You're just you're knocking it out of the park from the studio this week. Thanks, buddy. Definitely the smartest. Definitely proving that he is the smartest man in all of horror podcasting. He really is. He really is batting a thousand. You know, he didn't he didn't do anything wrong this week. He didn't Everything mess was one. Right. He did Everything not mess one thing up. He did not. There is no. One. There is nothing that we have to correct. There is nothing that we have to be like you were wrong about. You know, he did a great job. He he bat a thousand today. I mean, it's amazing. He really did. Great job. Great really job. Did a great job, buddy. We give you a two thumbs up. Well, hundred percent, a thousand percent. You did it all right, buddy. So uh, so hopefully you'll be back in the studio next week so you can just screw it all up and we can take everything back. So until then, this is Mike C saying, see ya.